0: The following is a presentation of the Sovereign Tech podcast feed. And now for another fast-breaking news story, we go to our roving reporter, The Podcast Sovereign Tech. Its host, Dr. Brian Sovereign. The tech giants tried to stop Sovereign Tech. They can't. Woo, it is the Golden Stunning, the Man of Tomorrow, SovZoo, the rated R radio star, Dr. Brian Sovereign, here for some more Sovereign Tech, another Sovereign Tech supplemental. Um, which often leads us to kind of one subject shows, even though I could make them multiple subject shows, like something I'd love to talk about in this episode, not just proton mail. You know, we're going to get into about that. But I think even some of the best are getting this one wrong. We'll, we'll talk about it. Um, I'd love to talk about the, the Facebook uh, Ray-Ban sunglasses. I mean, you, you know, it's not going to be good. <laughs> but, wow. Uh, anyway. I'd love to talk about that. Maybe we'll get into that in a different episode. We're not going to get into that here. But what we are going to talk about is the events of, well, I guess when I believe the first reports came out on September 4th on Saturday. So very fresh about a week ago now. Um, but the, the short and sweet version of this is that a, uh, I believe quite young, a young French uh, activist, environmentalist activist. Um, was well was using ProtonMail and ProtonMail at the behest of the Swiss authorities um, handed over this activist's IP address that they were obviously accessing ProtonMail with uh, and also their browser fingerprint information okay and understandably I think understandably I can empathize with this A lot of people suddenly said, holy shit, I'm deleting my ProtonMail account. I am never using them again. Email is fucked, blah, blah, blah. And maybe some of the thousands and thousands of listeners of Sovereign Tech, maybe some of you even said, well, wait, but Stallion said that email was actually better than, uh, you know, using Signal or, uh, you know, a lot of the messengers on on, um, mobile devices. Maybe he's wrong because, wow, you know, you could get all this browser fingerprinting. There's all this information that doesn't even have to do with end to end encryption, uh, you know, and then the IP address and all that, that. Wow. You know, like Stallion might be way off base and we should just completely get away from email. We're going to cover this, whether or not there's any truth in that. And hey, look, in the past, when I have been wrong or I've had to do updates about things that I've even recommended for years. I do that. I admit to it or, you know, I make the, I, I change my recommendation, right? Uh, I expressed concerns around F-Droid in the most recent Sovereign Tech saying, uh, well, you know, you might not feel comfortable about this. Now there's a way to go around it. You don't have to stop using F-Droid, but, and and, and actually I think some of the reality with ProtonMail is similar to what happened with F-Droid, but before we get into all that, let's talk about what ProtonMail is in the first place. And we have to set the way back machine to 2013. So we're, you know, a year or so, a couple years or so into Sovereign Tech's own history, right, since it began. And, of course, what happened in 2013, uh, you know, you talk about a year that the world really changed, Um Well, it did in 2013, I would argue more so even than the events of 2020. But regardless, we don't have to, you know, (laughs) we don't have to split hairs on that. Uh, But when the Snowden revelations came to light, you know, from Edward Snowden, revealing the massive degree to which or at least proving it's not like other people didn't know, but at least proving that, wow. Is there a surveillance state on steroids out there right now? Granted, again, a lot of people already knew that this was the case. In fact, before 2013 with Sovereign Tech, um, I did not have the same. I mean, I'm pro-privacy all the time, but I did not have the opinion at the time that you could do anything about it in tech. And part of this comes from that. Well, A, my experience with the U S military B uh, my experience working with uh, companies that also did government contracts. And I'm not claiming that I knew what Snowden knew or revealed. I'm saying that at the time I felt, look like just get over this idea of having privacy, you know, on online. It's, it's just, it's non-existent. Now what happened in You know, with the Snowden revelations, is that suddenly it felt like, okay, yep, we're we're right. There is no privacy online. But that doesn't mean you don't make it difficult for uh, those in power, right? For they, them, those. Okay. So that's when sovereign tech did a, a pretty hard shift. OK, as far as OK, no. yep. Yeah, now we're going to talk about PGP. Now we're going to talk about, you know, all the technologies that at least existed at the time. Now we're going to talk about. Yep, sure. Use something that has the axolotl protocol or which would later become signal. OK, yeah. Let's you know, let, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. Blah, blah, blah. And it's important to understand that, like in 2013 is when a lot of uh, th- there were a lot of other like companies or startups, really, that sprung up. Some succeeded or some continued on even after that. Others didn't last too long uh, at that time. For example, ProtonMail was one of those in 2013 where Snowden revelations happened. Holy shit, we need encrypted email right now. And they jumped on it. Right. And of course, you know, they're a company out of Switzerland. And so they made this big deal about, you know, I mean, and, and how it relates to to, you know, digital matters or to the tech world, which is a global, uh, you know, affair. Yeah, I mean, you could say it's just marketing, but whatever, you know, there is the 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 uh, legendary uh, neutrality of the Swiss, which especially with the event that happened with this young French activist, you know, how, how neutral is that? Um, we could get into a lot of other things like how Swiss bank accounts are not the uh, haven, um, you know, for hiding money that uh, people have thought it that they've been for decades. But anyway, they, they played on that pretty hard in their marketing. Um, there were other email services that cropped up that were, you know, doing uh, encryption. And that included Tutanota, which is also still out there. That's a German company, however. Um, you know, however you feel about German law being uh, better on, on privacy and user control as compared to Swiss law. You know, there's arguments to go either way, I, I think, on, on those. Um, but that may be moot as we talk about this story and what happened. You'll see what I mean. Uh, then there was the one that I was. So you had I mean, and, and things like Telegram and certainly, you know, Signal or at the time, like I think it was still tech secure at the time. Like all these things suddenly became wildly popular. Like people just jumped on this stuff. Right. And of course, you know, you had Lava Bit and, and, you know, all of these others um, who well, anyway, LavaBit was, was a, they were they were kind of already in existence, but regardless, you had really, well, let's stick to the email. We'll keep it on that. But the point being is that a lot of companies, you know, came out of the woodwork or started up after the Snowden revelations to try and rein in um, privacy on whatever protocol of the internet they could take advantage of, you know, in this case, email. So you had two Denota, you had ProtonMail, and then you had another one called Whiteout. And whiteout was the one I actually liked. And the reason I liked whiteout and you'll see, you'll, you'll get the picture here. The reason I liked whiteout one was at the, at the time, um, not everything that proton mail did was open source back in 2013. It wasn't until some years later that that became a reality. They did independent audits, but it wasn't like really open source as to where now it's very open to denota was open source. Uh, and again, like I said, Tutanota is still out there. In fact, you can download the Tutanota email app um, in the Android store. It's weird that you can't download the Proton Mail app, in my opinion, in the Android store. Uh, but you can download Proton VPN, their VPN service that they run. Uh, should you be using that? We'll talk about that too. But I mean, not that it necessarily matters, because I, I think even the Tutanota app is probably just a website wrapper. Um, I haven't looked at it in some time, um, but again, Tutor note is still out there. And as far as we know, they haven't engaged in the actions that we are talking about that Proton Mail did in September of 2021. But the one that I really liked was Whiteout and reason being, well, the reasons are two. One is that it was all open source because it was just using PGP You're you know, open, open GPG, right? Uh, great. And the other part was that you could use. Whatever email address basically that you wanted, you you could bring it in, and then you could use like Proton or I mean a, a Whiteout Mail's client and all that, and and it worked really really well. Um, I mean another thing that picked up at the time, of course, was Mailvelope, which also still exists. Mailvelope is a really really slick uh, browser extension or browser add-on that works with most uh, webmail clients like Gmail. Yahoo, um, mail.com or is it, is it mail.com still? Um, anyway, it it works with a lot of those. And I mean, that's, that's a really, really solid extension, um, that I still recommend to this day that, that people can use if they want to set up like a much simpler implementation, um, of PGP, you know, PGP encryption for their emails. So I liked that what whiteout gave you a lot of options because what this all, what whiteout also did, and I talked about it at the time when I was recommending this, uh, I mean, basically in 2013 and going into 2014, you know, I did a, a big review of these three new email providers on Sovereign Tech. And one of my one of the boons for Whiteout, in my opinion, was that it it did not uh, store, you know, necessarily the emails on uh, their servers. So those were the two advantages, OK, was using PGP and, you know, totally open source. And also that you could, you could essentially use, you know, you could set up your own email within it. Okay. And it didn't have to necessarily be on their servers as to where with two um, and proton mail, um, they are, and now you can bring in your own uh, domain name, you know, and, and, and you pay a fee or whatever. Um, whiteout was also free. Uh, two is also free. They have, it's actually free. I think without any limitations, as to where ProtonMail is also free, but it does have some limitations on the free account, I don't have a problem that they charge. I'm just saying that, you know, that's a thing, okay? Just, you know, being uh, uh, clear about it all. So WhiteoutMail is my favorite. For whatever reason, Whiteout Mail did not thrive, did not continue on. As to where Tutanota and ProtonMail um, have both grown. Uh, ProtonMail has actually grown significantly. Now, when ProtonMail open sourced everything a few years later, I felt a little bit better about it. Um, then an event happened. And I want to say that this was in it was it was maybe in 2015 or so, um, or might have been 2017, might have been a couple of years after that, actually. But they brought in. So ProtonMail experienced a massive DDoS attack that shut them down and they could not handle the problem internally. Um, they needed to bring in uh, a third party. And who they brought in was Radware. Now, Radware is a company whose main office is out of Israel. Okay, Um, And without getting into a major history around Radware, um, the sense came very quickly that, oh, well, now that ProtonMail is working with Radware, um, ProtonMail is effectively, you know, giving all of their information and there's probably like backdoors or whatever uh, to the Israeli government. And that had people freaking out. OK, and I get it like I I was very skittish because I don't think Radware is one of the good guys as far as companies in the world. OK, um, I was very skittish about recommending ProtonMail after that event as well. Um, and I basically said, yeah, I mean, go with Tutanota. But even then, hmm. um, you know, my my stance has been for a very long time that your best bet is to go with uh, an email address from a group or company that really are activists themselves and activists to the point that they don't want government. Right. Which is why, and I don't give a shit what, you know, uh, uh hyphenation you want to put after your anarcho, <laughs> your anarcho. Okay. Um, rise Okay. That's Riseup.net is run by anarchists. Now I know they've had their servers, um, you know, rated by the FBI and so on, cause it is run out of America. Uh, however, you know, everything that's being done on that, like rise up, can't see the shit that you're doing. All of that has been encrypted. Uh, so if you need, I mean, we're going to get into solutions later on in the show. Okay. But that's, that's really always been my top recommendation. Sadly, I have a lot of listeners who just, boy, you know, because RiseUp.net says, yeah, we don't want to, you know, uh, deal or Whatever uh, uh, We're not fans of capitalism. If you're a capitalist, like, don't don't use this service. Sadly, I have a lot of listeners who, like, clearly cannot engage in the better part of valor. uh, As well as recognize that when, you know, when you get, you know, red and blacks, right, (laughs) like like RiseUp.net, when they're talking about capitalism, it's the same, you know, kind of kind of capitalism, crony capitalism that you don't like. Okay, and it's just really sad that that you have people that like that. They you just you don't recognize that that's that that's what they're talking about. And even then that you're like, okay yeah, but we're looking for the same aims. We don't want government around. And when government is no longer around, I don't care if you practice anarchism, red and black, you know, because I'll just be over here doing it yellow and black or green and black or whatever the fuck you're going to do. Okay, it's really sad that 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 people are, are, are that 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 staunch but whatever RiseUp.net is a group of activists, in my opinion, doing the right thing uh, and, and, and making available incredibly important tools because they do a lot more than email. So you want a great solution. You go ahead, you go rock RiseUp.net, and, you know, hook up PGP and, and away you go. Anyway, we're, we'll talk more about solutions later because I haven't even said yet whether or not you should be deleting your proton mail account. In my opinion, we'll see what I say. So regardless, there were concerns for years that Radware was because what was hap- what what ended up happening was ProtonMail was now forwarding a lot of their traffic to Radware servers elsewhere. OK, um, now ProtonMail did an entire post about the matter and said, hey, this is completely unfounded to think that somehow we're working for the Israeli government now. We in fact, yes, we're working with Radware, but we don't even send uh, any, uh, you know, we, we don't even use any of our, our load, you know, and send it to, to, to Israel. It actually goes to Frankfurt, Germany, to servers there. Um, and again, some people feel that German law is very protective of, you know, user rights. Up to debate. And do laws even matter? Again, we'll, we'll get into that more. Um, but, you know, they did this whole breakdown saying, look, yeah, OK, we're dealing with radware, but it's not what you think. Um, now, 2020... ProtonMail actually stopped working with Radware, which was part of the reason that in 2020 you started hearing me saying, yeah, go ahead and sign up for ProtonMail. Yeah, go ahead and use ProtonMail. I mean, you know, you can even pay for it with Bitcoin, all the stuff that, you know, that that's really, that's great. Everything's open source now. Uh, you know, I'm feeling better about things. Now, I never said that it was the best option. The best option, you know, like I said, was either maybe go with RiseUp.net or, Uh, I mean, and there's other options, too, with 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 other email companies, there's there's tons of them out there that people just have no idea that they exist. I've been meaning to do an ultimate email episode for a while, but this is important. Needs to get talked about right now. Um, I mean, really, the best thing is for you to run your own goddamn email server. Right. And I mean that like that. That's the best way to go and, you know, set up all your encryption and everything. But but you have control. Now, there's best ways to set up an email server and the network that that email server is, is you know, uh, uh, outpouring from. But th- that's another story. And frankly, most people aren't going to do that. So it's rare that I ever even talk about doing that. I mean, I'm, I'm trying hard enough just to get people to, you know, put their, their like instead of using Google Docs, put their docs into their own NAS. Or even get their music from their own NAS or uh, chat from their own NAS and, and and things like this. I mean, like I'm just trying to do those things. And, and even those aren't there aren't so many like privacy issues necessarily, necessarily. I'm not saying there aren't. I'm just saying necessarily. Uh, but even that is a challenge. So, you know, trying to convince people to set up their own mail servers. Uh, and do them right to, you know, the reason that you want to set up your own mail service, because there's I mean, there's companies out there that like that set this up. Like, what's that thing that looks like a little pyramid? I can't think of it. They I, I know they've they've. Um, well, anyway, I can't think of it at the moment. I know they've been sponsors on like security now. Um, I've reached out to them in the past to be a sponsor on Sovereign Tech, but they said, you know, they were in too early stages and whatever. Um, but they allow you to set up, a you know, your own email server and all this. But you have to pay like a yearly fee and. That that gets into, you know, when you're setting up your own stuff, the only thing you should really be paying for is the network that, you know, the data uh, transmits from. But whatever, we move on. And so ProtonMail is something that I've been recommending. Uh, also, I mean, I'd like that the way that Mail's UI is set up. Um, and they've, you know, in 2020 and 2021, like they've started to expand to where they have like calendar. Uh, they're going to set up a Proton Mail drive, essentially, you know, kind of like a Google drive, but via Proton Mail that's encrypted. Great ideas uh, that they, you know, that they plan on. I, I think it's pretty certain you're going to be paying for these. And most of them are still in beta right now, I believe. Um, but, you know, good ideas uh, for, for them to go for, you know, to be like the encrypted Google alternative. Like I, I applaud that. Okay, Um, maybe they felt like they needed to get away from radware to make that viable for people to buy into, to even believe their encryption claims or whatever. And look, yes, just because radware is gone doesn't mean that, you know, back doors or whatever aren't still there. Sure, I hear that. But I mean, those are those are speculations. Okay, and there's nothing wrong with speculating. And it's good to be cautious. And it's a damned fine thing to be paranoid, as we say on Sovereign Tech all the time. Only the paranoid survive. Um but that's not something that I can, you know, readily say, you know, that, OK, this is this is the deal. But bottom line, at least superficially, it appears or it appeared in the past year or so that ProtonMail had and even before then, but Proton Mail had really cleaned up its act and were looking to become much more uh, than, than what they just were. Uh, I think I said it earlier, like I love that their UI, I mean, was... <sighs> was set up in such a way that you could treat email like chat. Now, they're not the first person to ever do this. Microsoft tried this as well, where they were looking to make it. It seemed clear they were looking to make email more of a messenger, which I think is a fine and dandy idea. Right. Um, Because, you know, it's its own protocol. Right. It's not even using the World Wide Web. Um, you can access it completely separately with programs instead of needing a web browser. I think you just, you eliminate a lot of problems when you are using a completely separate protocol from what the average web browser, uh, uh, you know, generally is used to access generally I say. Okay. Cause obviously you can use a web browser to access any of the protocols that make up the internet, you know, Usenet, IRC, uh, you know, or of course email itself. But point being, I love the idea of email being, um, you know, essentially the chat app. OK, or I've loved that idea. Am I still going to feel that way? Again, we're going to get to it. So that's Proton Mail. over the past, you know, since 2013. Um, so it hasn't been 10 years yet, uh, but we've had a good eight or so. And does what they did... As far as you know go ahead and handing over the browser fingerprint data and the IP address of this French activist does this mean holy shit delete proton mail right away My answer is no You don't have to go and delete your proton mail address You may have to change how you use it how you access it and you may want to go make a new one Okay, if you're worried about the history that exists, because perhaps you weren't accessing Proton Mail um, in the best ways, but no, you don't you don't have to delete your Proton Mail uh, address. Now, I don't think we're privy to all of the details around why um, this particular French activist was being targeted. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's funny because. So the, the activist was part of a, a group. Was it um, Youth for Climate? Kind of a, a, a like a Greta Thunberg type people. Um, okay. So <laughs> I I find it so funny though because we're constantly you know, I I feel like I get regularly bombarded by people in varying circles that oh you know yeah environmentalism is all a sham um, and that, you know, it's a government ploy and blah, blah, blah. But yet environmentalist activists are, you know, getting tracked and arrested and incarcerated by government. Wait, which, which is it now? I get it. Okay. Government to, to exist, to continue to exist needs boogeymen, right? It needs problems um, that, that, it, that are either real or imagined, but that it can take advantage of and create a narrative around OK, uh, but I think this is one of those cases where it fairly clearly shows that. All right. Yeah, the government has an environmentalist climate change narrative and all this. But that doesn't mean that some of the science or concepts behind environmentalism are inherently evil because government is taking advantage of it. That's but all it really means is that the government's taking advantage of it. Right. I mean, it's similar to the coup. Like, sure, the COOF exists. Is the government taking advantage of it? Absolutely. Yes. So, you know, environmentalism, I don't even like the word. OK, <laughs> I'm a bigger fan of the term ecology, uh, but environmentalism. Is unfortunately something that gets wrapped up in a package deal, OK? And the package deal is a logical fallacy. You know, the idea of the package deal that, well, because something is supported by X, it means why? No, it, not at all. <laughs> all. Right. Like that. It's, e- it's somehow instantly evil. I mean, just not true. You know, that's like, that's like arguing that, well, because the government, you know, has such strict laws against cigarettes, maybe cigarettes are actually healthy for you and have vitamin C in them. No, no cigarettes are fucking bad. Okay. And they aren't healthy for you. <laughs> that's, that's just how it is. Okay. <laughs> just because the government's against something, doesn't mean that it's uh, an inherently good thing and vice versa. That's the problem with package deal thinking. Anyway, so whatever this kid did, you know, to get under the scrutiny of the authorities, whatever. Um, That's it. We don't have to keep going on about environmentalism. But the deed was done and, you know, the Swiss authorities at the behest of a, uh, well, a, a police organization actually out of France. So this is, you know, a multi multinational situation here. Um, I mean, not uncommon with Switzerland because, you know, they're Swiss, you know, Switzerland and Fra- France, they're right there. And ultimately, again, ProtonMail kowtowed to the request. Um, Now, here's, here's where things get bad, okay? I don't think it surprises anybody that you know, this kind of thing would happen. And this kind of thing does happen, including via email, you know, where browser, browser fingerprinting information. Okay. And that's all the data that your browser sends up about you, varying things, metadata, um, and the IP address, you know, that you're accessing the email account from and so on. I don't think that shocks anybody. Part of the problem here is that ProtonMail's, you know, again, apparent reason for existing is privacy, not logging information about you. Uh, but it gets worse. Than that even, but let let let's let's touch on that because here's the deal. So, in ProtonMail's own company policies, um, here's a direct quote from their company policies, and this is their company policies a week ago. Okay, they have changed them now, but before this event happened, their company policy explicitly explicitly stated, "Quote by default, we do not keep any IP logs which can be linked to your anonymous email account." That's end quote. That statement has now changed. So they're saying by default, we do not keep any IP logs, which can be linked to your anonymous email account. That sounds like they don't have your IP address to even give to the French police or to the Swiss authorities. But that's what happened. So people freaked out about that saying, hey, wait a minute. I didn't even think you had this info. So they changed it to, quote, ProtonMail is an email that respects privacy and puts people, not advertisers, first. They've, basically, they, they, they've dumped that whole language. This is a situation where the devil's in the details, okay? What ProtonMail said was that by default, we do not keep any IP logs. They're saying by default. They're not saying that they don't keep IP logs. They're just saying by default we don't. But when they need to, or are requested to, ah, then they do. Do you see the do you see the the, the distinction here and how they got away with this and their legal ease and how you can't go and sue them? Oh devil's always in the details. I mean, that was incredibly careful language to say by default. You know, if they had said we never keep IP logs, then, then I mean, holy shit, the case you can make against ProtonMail right now. Right? Then they would have essentially had been lying. Now we can give ProtonMail perhaps a pass in that. Okay. And let's be clear here. Most of these, uh, uh, especially very, you know, um, online, you know, know, a lot of the privacy companies in the tech world in general, they have to walk a very fine line in their legalese in what they can say, even if their hearts are absolutely 1000% in the right place. Okay, that that that's a fact. Um, I know this talking with varying uh, teams that have developed privacy coins over the years. I know what they have to go through and what they say. And they are hoping that you being the intelligent user, especially if you're listening to this show, that I believe you are. uh, If you're the intelligent user that they believe that you are, that you will see the loopholes in their language of what they're saying and how you can get away with you know, essentially the the real reasons we'd want to use, you know, privacy uh, protecting technology. Kind of like with F-Droid, where, yep, it's pretty clear that F-Droid was making a political play and there are people with very confused politics on the F-Droid team. But then there are the people who made it abundantly clear that this app is getting deleted in the flagship repository on F-Droid. They were almost telling you, yeah, but there's other repositories that you could create make your own and do your business I feel like somebody there was saying yeah guys there's a way around this and proton mail it's actually a very similar situation and I, I, yeah let, let's talk about that now so here here's here's the rub and and I applaud proton mail for doing this protonMail has had a uh, a tour uh version of proton mail for years now um and you know they have their dot onion address, and actually, they they haven't had to change that one that much. But essentially, if this young activist had accessed ProtonMail solely through uh through the Tor browser, now the Tor browser itself has a ton of features to eliminate uh, browser fingerprinting overall. Right? I mean, even like things as things as simple as. I mean I I don't think most people realize this. You you know a lot of websites can actually tell how big your your screen is that you're viewing their website on is. They can. Uh Tor browser they implemented to where it it fudges the numbers of how big your screen is of the computer that you're, you know, on, reading the website on. Um, so I mean like that's one example of a very strange and you say well what could somebody do with that information? Well, But there's a lot. I mean, if anything, they'll know if you're on a mobile device or if you're on a laptop or whatever. But um, but like those are the kinds of uh, fingerprinting info that the Tor browser in and of itself uh, tries to eliminate and make moot. So but obviously the main thing that Tor can or one of the main things that Tor can do overall that the Tor, you know, the network of Tor can can do is uh, is that it, it fudges IP addresses. Right. That's that's one of the main reasons people will use it. So if he had just used the IP address or I mean, if he had just used, you know, uh, the Tor browser to and and use the onion version, the onion site of ProtonMail, uh, there wouldn't have been an IP address to hand over. Now, you can say that, uh, well, you know, Tor is government funded and and. There are probably and and I mean, certainly there have been some discovered over the years, as long as Tor has been around, um, that there are backdoors essentially or ways to, uh, you know, reverse engineer or do analysis of Tor traffic to where you can still be fingerprinted. And that's certainly a possibility. Like, I'm not going to say those things don't exist. Okay, if you don't want to trust Tor, I hear where you're coming from. But then if you don't trust Tor, holy shit, I hope you don't trust the Internet. Like like I hope you don't trust the open worldwide web. <laughs> you, you know what? I mean? <laughs> like like you better not trust any and that, like I, d- don't confuse me. I actually respect that opinion. Don't trust any of it. But again, even in that, you could do multiple layers. Um I mean, even if and and I know because now the question is, well, what about Proton VPN? Should we should we trust that? Well, at the very least, with Proton VPN, I think it would be Almost as difficult. I mean, and if you're running like Tor and VPN, and I mean, you know, there's layers you could do this, right? And if, actually, if you remember from the Snowden revelations, there were um, there were certain documents that showed where even the NSA sweated if somebody had the right setup, right? And they said, "Well, this would be very hard for us to spy upon." Um, but anyway, you know, even using Proton VPN could have kept this activist from you know having their IP address revealed. And again, you don't have to use Proton VPN. It's you know whichever VPN you feel like using, whether it's Air VPN, you know PIA, or I don't mean pain in the ass, <laughs> uh, private internet access. You know whichever one that, that that you end up you know deciding to use, or even you know RiseUp's uh, VPN. But even that action could have prevented, uh, or, or you know really could have made it to where. Not that I feel like Proton Mail is the victim here. OK, obviously the activist is, but where ProtonMail could have said to the Swiss authorities, fuck, we don't know. Because I think deep down they want to say we don't know. You know, who I mean, when you're when you're in the privacy mindset, like you want data, minim, uh, uh, you know, d- data minimalization. OK, like you you don't want or data minimalism. You don't want to know the less data you have, the less data you're on the hook for. That's a great way to do business. But my point being the data that, you know, ProtonMail does have that they could hand over potentially to the authorities. They give you the tools to circumvent even them having that data. And that's why I'm not saying delete your or that's why, I, you know, I'm, I'm not saying delete your your ProtonMail account because they actually give you the tools. It'd be one thing if they didn't offer any of these tools. No, they give you the tools to make it so even they couldn't hand over like that that it would just become theoretic or seemingly impossible for them to hand over uh, you know, the, the data that the French police were asking for. And it's not uninteresting that ProtonMail is now putting their Tor functionality front and fucking center on their website after this event happened. I mean, really, they're telling you, no, here's how you can keep you can keep going forward with using Proton Mail. Here's how you can keep using this service. Right. And it is. I'm glad that things like ProtonMail and Tutanota exist or that mail envelope exists or that rise up exists or whatever. I'm glad that these things exist. I mean, anybody that's an activist at the level and frankly, that feels like all of us, uh, you know, that that want to in any way disagree with, you know, your 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 local government, <laughs> whether that local governments in a state house or in Washington, D.C. or in Switzerland somewhere, you know, whatever. OK. If you disagree with the government, you're essentially an activist <laughs> and like and you actually live up to it and like you do something about it. You're an activist. All right. And that makes most of the population of the planet, frankly, activists. Um, if you're an activist, the way that you should be engaging in any communication that has to do with activist matters, you really you should be punching up tails. Sure as fuck. Don't open the Tor browser on Windows. Give me a goddamn break. I mean, even the Tor project will tell you, please don't use our product on Windows. Yep, we make it available, but please don't use it there. I mean, if, if you're using it to go to OneLib to download a book that's only available via their Tor site, you know, OK, like, yeah, use it in Windows. <laughs> like that Like That's kind of fine. But like for communications, for shit that, that really, really matters. Oh, no, 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 no. And and I dare say, you know, punch up tails or have Hoonix going in, in you know, whatever other operating system you're using. But admittedly the story doesn't end here um and there's more to talk about as far as solutions um so i want to take a quick break because i told you we would talk about the legality around all of this and i want to get into that and a couple other things so i'll take a quick break and we'll be right back with more sovereign tech Woo! Hey, is sovereign tech not enough for you? Well, let me tell you about something you'll never get enough of. No, no, I mean it. We're talking about a radio show and podcast that goes all night long, seven nights a week, three hours a night, 365 days a year, and has been going since the early aughts, baby. I am talking about none other than Free Talk Live. It's the show you control. That's right, it's an open phones call in show that is ready for you. And if you're worried that your voice isn't going to get heard, don't be. We are talking about the only libertarian radio show stateside. And not only that, it's also the number 26 talk show in the United States. Start listening now and go ahead and hit that massive back catalog at freetalklive.com. The golden stallion guarantees a good time. And you might even find some episodes with me on them when you do. That's freetalklive.com. And we thank them for sponsoring Sovereign Tech. Let's get back to the show. So I want to get into some of the nitty gritty here um, on this. And when I say nitty gritty, I mean, get into some of the legal aspects and maybe a little bit more of the technicals, okay? Uh, The first thing I want to bring up is that the only, again, the only information that was handed over, or I guess at least that we're aware of, I suppose, you know, again, it's possible, hell, everything got handed over. The whole handbasket, I don't know. But the only thing that we're aware of that got handed over was, uh, was again, some browser fingerprinting data and uh, the activist's IP address. Okay. So the body of the email was not like the contents of that was still end to end encrypted by, uh, you know, by ProtonMail. Now ProtonMail doesn't hold, even hold the decryption keys. Okay. To be able to You know, they don't hold the keys to be able to unlock the email address. So so theoretically, you know, the authorities can't even ask for that. So the body of your email is safe. Now, what a lot of people don't know and where a lot of email encryption can fail or depending upon how it's implemented, it's actually possible. So, all right, understand email is a completely separate protocol from most people. Again, don't understand this. I, I talk about this all the time on Sovereign Tech because, I, A, I like to be precise in what I'm saying when I can be precise. Uh, and also, you know, I want people to understand how all of this stuff actually works. OK, so the World Wide Web, as you know it, like where you go for Twitter and Facebook and, you know, Instagram, whatever else, all of that runs on a specific protocol of the Internet. That protocol is TCP IP. Email is actually a completely separate pro- protocol runs completely, you know, you could argue underneath the internet as we know it. I mean, it's part of the internet. Okay. But that's SMTP. That's that protocol. Totally different from the World Wide Web. All right. One of the reasons I don't want to let go of email is because it's not reliant and it allows for a lot of, you know, a lot of different types of encryption and other things that you can do that you can't, or at least isn't as easy perhaps to do on TCP IP because everything's so goddamn busy on that protocol. This is why I don't want to just give up on email, but another piece of data or another data point that does not get by default, right? (laughs) Those keywords from ProtonMail by default um, by ProtonMail is the subject line of the email. Now that can be encrypted, you know, in, in SMTP, but in ProtonMail's instance, it's not. Um, So, You know, like, yes, I'd love it if they did. Part of the reason that they don't, I don't necessarily think it's nefarious. I think it has more to do with so that they can thread the emails, um, you know, under the same subject line. And you're not getting like 20 emails that you have to go through. And like, I'm not opposed to this. Okay, it's just important to be aware of it. And so that way your subject lines, you know, you're careful with what you put in the subject line. Okay, so we're kind of getting into a little bit of best practices here. We just got done talking about how holy fuck, only use Tor, okay, to access, um, you know, you know, to, to access Proton Mail if you're if you're going to use it. Uh, but again, I would argue doing this in, with any kind of you know uh, uh, really crucial um, communications. Actually, I'd argue to do it with all communications, but. You know, are people going to go that distance? Maybe not. And even on mobile devices, it can become a challenge because even if you're running Tor, um, you know, Tor drains the battery significantly uh, compared to regular usage. And most mobile devices have shitty batteries anyway. But point being, be careful with your subject lines. Uh, like I said, I mean, Mail's UI is set up in such a way, and even like the way the tier system is set up, like the free version, the paid version and so on, is a limit on amount of messages per hour. And I think the reason that they have that that's their limit has to do with that they know people will use this essentially as a chat app or, you know, that they use it as a chat service and not always as traditional email, which I'm fine with. And again, I, like I said, I even like that idea. Okay. So, but for ProtonMail to be able to really like organize these emails in such a way, I think they have to see the subject line. I could be wrong about that. There might be a way to go around that, but that's outside of my, you know, knowledge base. Would it be nice if you could have the option to encrypt your subject lines as well? Yeah, th- th- that would be nice, but you know, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to get that anyway. Now, what about using a VPN? So I don't think the VPN would have been, like on its own would have protected you as well as say using Tor in this situation um, where it gets interesting is that in Switzerland um, like the law Swiss law basically prohibits the, the, the courts you know in, in Switzerland from compelling a VPN service to log IP addresses. So the argument would go that yeah like with you know if if say the activist was using proton vpn okay sure proton mail could have handed over um you know like even if they had an ip address they could have handed over like the one that the vpn was for you know the bullshit one but you know they couldn't have handed over the real ip address in that in that sense and that according to swiss court again you can't be forced to even keep a log so you know using a vpn legally would have could have really legally, again, legally could have rescued, um, this activist, at least from proton mail, incriminating him in any way or having information that could incriminate him. However, I don't know how much I'd want to count on the law, uh, in, in this case, because according to the same Swiss law, I mean, not maybe on the same line, you know, (laughs) where that the law around VPNs, uh, is, but according to Swiss law, when a request comes in, regardless of where that request comes from, you know, yeah, sure. This came from the French police, but it was coming through the Swiss authorities. So the Swiss Swiss authorities should theoretically obey the Swiss law. Uh, when you are, you know, essentially when a company like ProtonMail gets a request to track an IP address or, you know, for, for that kind of data, the Swiss company is supposed to inform the user that their information has been handed over to the authorities. Okay. Now that doesn't mean that the authorities are going to do anything about this information. You know, that like somebody's automatically going to be, you know, put under arrest or whatever. It just means that no matter for whatever reason it happens to be, if your IP address was getting handed over to the authorities, the company that had your IP address is supposed to tell you according to Swiss law. And we know for a fact that that did not happen in this case the French activist was not informed, uh, you know, by the company that, you know, by ProtonMail that their IP address was handed over. And that's why I don't really want to count on the laws to protect me. Okay. Because clearly they'll get flouted whenever it's deemed necessary. I mean, that's not new to certainly to listeners of Sovereign Tech. I don't think that's new to anybody anymore, but that's the reality. Uh, so you want to rely more on technological solutions. Okay. And you know, if you're an activist and you need to do this sort of thing, okay. And you need to have these kinds of encrypted communications. And there are absolutely legitimate reasons to, to need that, uh, all around the world, you know, let's say that you did use Tor. Let's say you did it all right. And then you still find out that this happened. Well, guess what you just did. You saved potentially, I think a lot of lives and saved a a lot of, uh, uh, potentially a lot of freedoms or a lot of activity around freedom because you just revealed that, oh, hey, 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 wait a minute. I only access this through Tor. They must be whoever they, them, those are, whether it's ProtonMail, whether it's the government, whether it's a mixture of both, whatever it is. Then you would have absolutely proven that Tor is broken or that ProtonMail is not, uh, you know the the protections that proton mail has allowed for via tor are broken regardless you know then we ha- we have facts and we have actions that we can really take and then we can say oh yeah no 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 don't don't fucking use proton mail you know or we could go so far as oh it, tor's screwed so not that i want anybody to take the fault for us to learn that but it would finally be proven right <laughs> you know uh, i don't nobody wants to be the one that that figures that out but again, as I've been saying for years, making it harder for them, making them have to go through the steps, you know, can buy precious time and, you know, can sometimes make things just not worthwhile and can make you a not worthwhile target. I mean, again, as I've said, for the entirety of Sovereign Tech's run, if you are really targeted, like you're that hot of a target, there's not much you can do. Okay. Even, you know, some of the things we've talked about in this show, uh, there's not a whole lot that you can do about it. And the law sure as hell isn't going to protect you. Okay. It didn't protect this French activist. Now, another point I want to bring up I thought it was very interesting, and I'll admit, it feels kind of like a BS move um, that ProtonMail, just days after the IP address, uh, you know, the handing over the IP address came to light in the public, um, they brought on. Uh, tim berners lee to the proton mail advisory board now look tim berners lee i mean the the guy is awesome right i mean talk about somebody who i feel like in many ways his heart is in the right place one of the shall we say co-founders co-creators of the internet as we know it um i mean just a just a, a great guy okay uh not gonna say perfect but a great guy right who is perfect and they brought him onto the advisory board clearly this is a play to try and you know recoup some of the damage to proton reputation which like i said over the years has already been a little spotty anyway um and has had more to do with marketing than perhaps you know any real implementation of it or i guess deserved implementation um i mean like this is fine great and i i feel like Tim Berners-Lee wouldn't, you know, I'm just hoping that he doesn't take the paycheck, you know, and pays lip services sort of thing that he walks in and, you know, wants to know, what are you doing? Are you doing it right? And that he stands behind his shit, I hope. But at the same time, again, it does just feel like, you know, pure marketing and it, when, when people do this sort of thing, it just, it doesn't help. Right. It's like when zoom brought in a bunch of people after the, you know, the encryption fiascos that zoom went through in 2020. Um, you know, it just, it just feels like, and then, Oh yeah. And this person came in and, and, you know, independently audited and whatever. And, you know, I'm not saying those are bad things, but like, it just feels too little too late. Right. And when you know it's in response to these, to these kinds of scandals, and this is a scandal, Uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's not a good look. It's not a good look. So again, we're a few days out from this event occurring. Um, I am not saying delete your ProtonMail account. I am telling you things that you should do, you know, how to use it, right? Use Tor, okay? Don't, don't count on the VPN part of things. You can use a VPN as well, but use Tor. Um, be careful with your subject lines, Okay. And you can, you can continue to use ProtonMail. Should you go and get a RiseUp.net account? Well, I mean, you have to have somebody recommend you to get one of those. Okay. It's not just something you can sign up for or pay for, though you should donate to them if you do use it. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's a fine and dandy thing to do. If you are somebody who's tech savvy enough to set up your own email server, all the better. Um, you know, your home server, like, are you going to encrypt your entire home server with, uh, you know, essentially like, like with Tor, I'm sorry, I don't mean your home server. I mean your home network. Are you going to set up your entire home network, you know, to where it's all routing through Tor, Um, you know, things like this. I mean, these are, these are directions that you can go, you know, should you only use email, uh, you know, for the simplest of things, like to be able to sign up for varying accounts or whatever. And should you be a little more conscious of what you're doing with your emails? Because clearly email is such a hot target, right? I mean, you only have to look at, you know, the Apple, i recent Apple iCloud um, further scandals to realize the importance of that. Um, you know, do you want to switch everything over to Briar, say, which also happens to use Tor? Um, you know, I, I mean, like these are things there's there's personal tolerances. I think being far more conscious, you know, be paying far more attention and not treating email as like this catch all for bullshit uh, and, you know, not worrying about it or even thinking about it. I think that these are great and wonderful things. Okay. Um, I mean, admittedly, the number one way that users still communicate with me is via, uh, you know, Sovereign Tech email addresses, right? Like questions at SovereignTech.com. Um, I, you know, I make it abundantly clear that that's, and clearly you can tell, I mean, it's not encrypted email. Okay. Um, but that, that's, you know, that's a channel that's available. There was a time where I did have uh, the Sovereign Tech email addresses set up with where you could email me, you know, using PGP encryption. Um, that was only used, I mean, sadly, I could probably count on my two hands the amount of times that I received emails that were encrypted. Um, you know, so, so part of me didn't feel like having that available was You know, like, I mean, not that it's a lot of effort on my part. um, And certainly today, like there are much easier ways to set up PGP encryption. Uh, Like, I I mean, you know, using uh, open keychain on mobile devices. Phenomenal. But those same mobile devices, you're going to want to get that traffic routed through Tor, right? But I mean, my point in saying this is that, yeah, I have email addresses that are open as well. But there are email addresses that are very purposeful. And ultimately, I mean, what you send me, I'm going to put on the, you know, I'm going to talk about on the show, right? When you email questions at SovereignTech.com, I'm going to talk about it openly on the show. So there's no hiding it. So, you know, in that sense, there's not a point, right? It might as well be open because it's going to be open. Okay. Um, but overall in your life, you know, with a lot of your personal stuff, should you be locking that down as far as email goes? Absolutely. Yes. And again, I'm not saying delete Proton Mail. You may want to open up a new account you know, to, to, to not be attached to the previous history that maybe you weren't accessing through Tor and, but, and now going forward, you're always going to use Tor to access it. Um, you know, you may want to do that, but I still think Proton Mail overall is viable for what it is. Okay. And if you want to go further to extremes, we talked about some solutions to do as far as that goes. Okay. Uh, this really points at for me overall, um, the importance that if you are like an activist, if you're a hardcore activist of some kind, okay, like you need to get together locally with people, you know, even doing PGP right via email, um, is best done when you're verifying at what used to be and are still known as key parties where you get together with people and you can verify that that's that person's key. Cause you're looking at them right in the fucking face and you're seeing it right in front of you that's the proper way to share PGP keys is to share and verify right in front of you. Okay. And we got to get, I mean, I've been saying this for years, but really we've got to get back to that. Okay. We've got to get to where, you know, using things like proton mail to engage in, varying activism, like aren't even necessarily a part of the program. Okay. Getting people together in the same locality I mean, it's it's just, it's essential to create actual change because you know what, if you're actually, if you're creating like real change, I think you are, and it doesn't have to be violent change. If I mean, real change, I think always comes peace, very peacefully. You know, I mean, just look, look in Europe, like Europe didn't have to have, you know, an insane civil war to put an end to slavery. It just went out of fashion. Okay. And, and, and I, (laughs) I don't even like saying it that way. It just, it it became enough. People finally said, fuck it in their localities. They said no more. All right. So we're in America. For whatever reason, there needed to be a whole goddamn civil war about it. Even though I know that that civil war was about a lot more than just slavery. And that may be the real reason that it went to war because again, it was about a lot more than slavery. Um, But the best change, real change always occurs peacefully. Violence never creates a lasting change. Just look in Afghanistan. Things seem to have gone back to how they were 20 years ago. But I do feel that when peaceful change even is occurring and it's change that absolutely threatens the status quo peacefully, uh, the system does come down on that. Okay. And in a world that consumes most of its information from, I don't know, whatever, Twitter, Facebook, TV, you know, take your pick that that essentially consumes its information from afar. You want to lessen the vectors of cultural and informational assault against your person. OK, your you know, your personhood. OK, what I mean by that is you want to decrease the ability for. I mean, yeah, they can set you up with whatever, but you want to decrease their ability to To, I mean, like today, you know, to cancel somebody, it's so easy to cancel somebody because most people just shit out so much information about themselves by the very nature of, you know, the Internet, you know, at all levels. So when you obscure your existence by not doing everything online, by not doing everything digitally. You you become less assailable again, culturally and informationally. And that's the point that we've got to get to, okay, because I think that's the only way you, uh, <laughs> well, to put it in Terminator terms, it's the only way you survive Judgment Day is by not being on the map. And really the only way to do that, you know, and still keep sane and meet your needs for, you know, connection, uh, you know, fraternity and other things, um, love, is to actually be in fucking meat space together, nearby right? And then you, and I mean, it's not like this isn't some anti-technology screed. You can still use the tech at that point. Okay. But then you can use tech the right way. You can use it in ways that do not come under uh, the immediate and easy purview of, you know, the authorities or the authoritarians. Because again, we don't just live in a surveillance state. We live in a surveillance society and that surveillance society is only getting more hungry, uh, especially with the um, mandates around the coof. So, again, you don't have to delete your Proton, ProtonMail account. However, see this as a a warning sign, that and 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 as a sign to, to to not get too comfortable, and to not count on laws and perhaps not even to count on other companies to implement technologies correctly. So we'll wrap it up with that i th- I think that I think that covers uh the the gist here um I mean it it was you know, is it shocking, yeah, in a sense, because again, if you didn't read the legalese carefully, you know it like it would seem that well, proton mail's not collecting any data about me, aha, but they are, and in some of some of that data they can't help but collect some of that data could be prevented from them collecting so. We'll end it with that. More Sovereign Tech to come. Got some exciting things coming as always, and I will see all of you on the other side.